And what that did is that took my safety net. Like mm-hmm. if you know you have a plan B, something to fall back on, you're less creative, I think. You're, you're less desperate. If you were dropped in the middle of a city with nothing but the clothes on your back, what would you do? Our guest today is going to share exactly that. Someone who is not averse to risk. Welcome back to the Riskers podcast. Today, we welcome Paul Getter, the internet marketing nerd. Paul has worked with A-list celebrities, movies, and I personally met Paul years ago and we have become fast friends. He's come up for my book launches. I've spoken at some of his events. So whether you are interested in how to market online like Paul or just want to know where to start when you are jobless and wondering, where do I even begin this journey? Where do I take this risk if it's right for me? I know you'll be blessed by my interview with Paul. So the big question is this, how do Jesus loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith like us who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling, how do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve, the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Welcome, Paul Getter. As I was just, we were just discussing, you are the inspiration of this podcast, the one who pushed me (laughs) over the edge and has pushed me in many ways over the years. And our story goes back quite a ways from when I was just online trying to figure out, hey, how do I run some Facebook ads? And in popped my inbox, hey, how's those Facebook ads working for you? And I said, great, because I had no idea what I was doing. So I figured it was good. And he said, well, let me help you out there. And uh, that started a friendship that has now included you helping me with book launches, mentoring me, uh, you know, being the, the, the guy who has really just helped me learn the ropes of marketing. And Paul, you have been known as the guy behind the guys. You know, you've worked with a lot of A-list celebrities and and big, big people behind the scenes helping them with their marketing, but it wasn't always this way for you. No, no. I would like to hear is the Paul Getter story because I know this story is ripe (laughs) of, (laughs) of starting at the 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 very bottom like literally your car was dragging with phone books yeah. in the back so brother Absolutely. tell us a little bit about your story and we'll just start moving to where you are today and some of those risks that you've taken along your journey yeah well first of all thanks for having me on here Caleb and uh, have always counted you and your family friends of our family and yeah man we go back a long way you were one of my first people that I really started working with in a, a, a long-term way. And yeah, it's, it's been several years. So super excited about your success and everything that you've done. Um, you know, I kind of feel like, how old are you, Caleb? I would say a son, but I think you're too old to be my son. 34. <laughs> yeah, you're too old to be my son. <laughs> so I had to get started really early for you to be my son, but like a, like a younger brother, like a younger brother to me. There and, we go. Uh, yeah, so it's so exciting to see, man, when we met, when we met you, if I remember correctly, it was like less than $1,000 a month that you were surviving on. 
That's right. Six hundred dollars. I'll never forget the number. <laughs> and you and you had an awesome high tech flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> that flip phone. I can, still can't believe how fast. I could like text on that thing. Like I'm looking back now that I've got an iPhone, you know, for several years, I'm like, how in the world did I do that? But Hey, it made it. And then you were the one who said, Caleb, get rid of your flip phone. I said, ah, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks a month. And you said, do it today. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. So, so yeah, man, it's been a privilege. I've um, over the years, I've had the privilege of working with some of the top entrepreneurs online, guys like Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, really some amazing people. And and it's really been a blessing. That's awesome. So, I mean, Paul, this started in an interesting scenario. I mean, like I mentioned, you were driving around delivering phone books at one point. You serve as a pastor. People are thinking, whoa, whoa, marketer, pastor, phone books, what is all this? So take us into the moment when things were really hard for you. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, this is probably around um, 2008 or so when things were crazy. A lot of people look back at 2008 and obviously there was some financial craziness going in. Market was a mess and stuff. And um, at at that time, within a year or so of that craziness, uh, me and my family, we actually started a church, started out um, in in our home and kind of grew. Now we have multiple campuses. and uh, But regardless of what they say on television and stuff like that, pastoring and ministering is not a very lucrative career. And <laughs> <laughs> not that you go into it for that, but I can tell you, um, you know, a lot of times people see the guy on TV with wavy hair and shiny teeth, big mansions and everything like that. Like, ah, oh, those pastors, they're making so much money. And uh, typically that is not the case. It is uh, a lot of sacrifice, uh, a lot of going from week to week and just doing whatever you can. So I uh, always had a background in an interest in kind of internet marketing, tech, uh, websites and that stuff. So I was kind of dabbling in that, but, uh, I was really, I was working a lot of odd jobs, whatever I could to make ends meet. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I was working at a, uh, number one, you mentioned delivering phone books. That was kind of like one of my nighttime, um, side hustles, (laughs) delivering phone books, me and my family, we would load up my minivan full of phone books and we would get paid, I don't know, I think it's like $50 a night. And it was multiple trips, go to this, this location, pick up the phone books, and then go into neighborhoods, kind of like the newspaper delivery man, and deliver these phone books. The, our minivan was so loaded down with phone books that the bumper was dragging the ground. It's kind of like shaking because it was <laughs> so heavy. We're like, oh man, just load it up so we don't have to make multiple trips. And so that was my glamorous career as a phone book delivery person. And uh, and I worked, worked at this one place. It was a merchant processing company where we would help uh, local businesses sign up for merchant processing. And really it was, again, doing whatever I could to make ends meet. But the employer of that place was just a mean, angry guy. He'd come in yelling at people and just made it a horrible place to work at. And I remember one day he came in, he was just yelling at everybody. And 
people just start to cringe when he would come in. And finally, I, I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, you know, you really make this a very difficult place to work at. I was just kind of like expressing to him how I felt and really how other people felt too. And with this guy, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. <laughs> uh, he said to me, he's like, Paul, you keep talking to me like that. You're going to lose your job. And I'm like, man, I was just expressing to him, you know, how I felt and how other people felt like he just need to chill out a little bit. And, uh, but as soon as he said that, he's like, Hey man, you're going to lose your job. You talk to me like that again. I was like, well, I'm not going to give him that, that luxury. And I said, man, you know, I think I'm done. And, and I quit and I, I walked out and um, left that place. And then I was kind of put in a position where I was like, okay, um, been playing around building websites and doing a little stuff here and there. I better, I better figure this out really quick. And that was my, uh, trial by fire into uh let's be an entrepreneur <laughs> wow something you said a long time ago has stuck with me it's desperation yeah causes inspiration there's risk in that absolutely absolutely what went through your mind what were the conversations around your dinner table your family man at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was going on okay so here's the secret <laughs> I think there was probably like a week or so that I just pretend like everything was fine. You know oh, what I mean? Were you going to the movies during the day? <laughs> I think I went to Starbucks with my laptop and stuff and just, eh, no big deal. Uh, you still are with Melissa, right? Okay. She's, yes, okay, yes, she's, okay. Just check it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think that there's kind of like a, a protector that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't want to worry her about this. You know, don't want anybody stressed out about it. So I'm like, let me just try to figure this out. Let me let me try to figure this out. Maybe find something else and stuff. And uh, yeah, but there, but there definitely was. Um, fortunately, and I always always tell young entrepreneurs because they there's almost like this uh, this belief like okay you're going to be an entrepreneur all in or nothing. You know what I mean? Just like quit your day job and just jump in, or you're not really an entrepreneur at all. You know what you know what I mean, and sure. and that's not always the case, and that's not always good advice either, because you might just quit your job and jump into being an entrepreneur and be homeless, uh, you know, it, because it doesn't always work out. There's ups and downs, so I always encourage people to work that full time job as long as you can, and when you see the side hustle and other things starting to grow to a point that you can make that transition then then it's good. So I did have an advantage. I had a wife that had um, a great job working in a hospital who really was able to support us. And it gave me the ability that, okay, I wasn't making much initially as an entrepreneur doing side hustles and stuff. And so we had to make some sacrifices. We had to kind of take that risk. And so there was a point where I knew how to do this. I knew how to make money online. But here's here's the challenge, and I'm sure you can understand this, is that when you kind of figure out how to get ads working and grow, that there's a slow growth because you're making a little bit of money and you're putting it back into ads and then you're maybe living off of a little bit of it, but you almost need kind of like an infusion of <laughs> you know, cash to, <laughs> to really grow. So I remember it was around um, December, the middle of December, my wife got a, a really significant um, Christmas bonus. Um, she was a administrator at a hospital doing very well, six figure income. 
um, as an administrator, never went to school or training. She just kind of climbed the top of the corporate ladder there, but she got a, a really significant Christmas bonus. And as soon as that hit the account, I put it into Facebook ads. So you can imagine that conversation, how that <laughs> went. You're like, what are you doing? This is my Christmas bonus. My wife doesn't talk like that, but I'm just kind of like, you know, <laughs> just, but that's, that's how the conversation was. Like, I can't believe it. That was a big chunk of change. And I was able to take, I think it was maybe four or $5,000. I was able to take that and through Facebook ads, turn it into seven, 8,000. 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. And really within a short period of time was able to take that into making 10, $20,000. Wow. So of course, you know, there's that, that part, like, you know, I hope this works. Otherwise I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, Paul. When you were going to Starbucks and you don't have your job anymore, you said, I can figure this out. Yeah. And you talked about how you don't have to go all in or all out. It really comes down to this, doesn't it? entrepreneurship or stepping out isn't so much about your circumstances, whether you're working a job or you have all the time in the world, it's a mindset. It's you said, you know what, I can figure this out. So instead of going to a job and you're continuing to do the work you've known for many years, you say, I'm going to try and figure something new out. And your mind kind of gets to work for you. I'd love for you to kind of dive into that mindset. People do one or two things when it comes to risk. It's kind of like that fight or flight syndrome where they freeze up and they, they, they're they paralyzed in it and they just kind of cave in or it can really fuel you. I'll tell you a pivotal point when things really kind of changed. My, my parents were a blessing to me. And, you know, there's times when you struggle financially and I was able to call them up like, mom, dad, you know, this is what I'm going through. Can, can you help me out? And if, if they were able, they would, they would help me out, you know, help me pay the rent or car payment, whatever it was. And they would help me out. And I remember one time um, we were going through a difficult time and uh, called up my mom and you know, as many times as I've done in the past. And she had this conversation with me. She's like, Paul, remember that last time we let you borrow some money? I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, still haven't paid that back. And I was like, Ooh. and it was, it was a really serious conversation that she had with me. And I'll be honest with you, maybe a little bit upset, maybe, maybe a little bit upset, like, man, you know, supposed to be my mom. You're going to help me out and everything like that. And looking back at the moment, I know I was upset, but when I got off the phone and I said, I'm never going to ask to borrow money anymore. I'm not going to do that again. And what that did is that took my safety net. Like mm-hmm. if you know you have a plan B, something to fall back on, you're less creative, I think. You're less desperate because it's like, okay, that didn't work. I'll call mom. Uh, then that didn't work. I'll call dad. Mm-hmm. And when I eliminated that and said, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to grow up. You know what I mean? Take care of myself. When that was no longer there, I was just like, okay, I got to figure it out. If it's delivering phone books, I'm going to deliver phone books. If it was whatever, you know, again, you, desperation pushes pride out of the way. (laughs) Man, that is, oh, I love that. It, uh, having a safety net can limit creativity. I think you, you hit it on creativity. Yeah. I I can't remember who said it. It it may have been Twain, it may have been Einstein, but this idea of they never go to sleep without giving their mind a problem to work on. Just this idea of, we have the creativity in us. We, we can be thinking of creative ways to go about a problem. 
But yeah. if we do say, well, we've got plan B, then we're not going to go very far because yeah. plan B is that's second option. So we don't need exactly. option, you know, B, C, D and the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So Paul, there's stages of this. There's, you know, you got out of a bad situation where there was a horrible boss and you, you said, you know what? Uh, I think I can figure something else out. Mm-hmm. There's this, there's this new birth of, I'm, I'm going to start something new. Yeah. But things develop as as you go, and and your motivation changes, and now you have you're looking over your shoulder and seeing a lot of success, and you're 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 talking with people of me and others whose lives you've helped change. So I'm curious, how has this new life direction and these new opportunities that have come, like how has it changed your life, and and what does that mean uh, applicable to those listening right now, and and encouraging them of, yeah. of kind of the why, because, hey, you started with this, I got to make some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's grown into something so much more. I would love for you to just talk about that spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there is um, seasons of your growth uh, that, for example, when you when you first get started, it is, it's about paying the bills. It's, it, it is, it's about making money. And uh, obviously your integrity, your principles and everything like that are still center, but your, um, your goal is like, okay, man, I got, I got to make some money. I got to get the bills paid and you know, that's it. And then once you kind of figure things out and you start to see that success and you learn how to, you know, the beautiful thing about when it comes to making money is when you figure out a few key principles and you find something that you're good at that you can normally perpetuate that for a long time and, and grow that. But I think that your motives begin to shift or or at least I know for me, the awareness of it kind of opened up that when I realized that if I just help people, which again, it might sound simple and it might sound like, okay, I should have been doing this to begin with, but I think it is a transition that you go from being an employer to being a business owner, an entrepreneur, that as an employer, you have a mindset that I go in, I check in, I check out, I make money. It's kind of, that's that's what you're trained and you're used to do. But as an entrepreneur, if you go in with the same mindset of, okay, I check in, I check out, I make money. You're going to be broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's not always a place to check in at. But uh, when you realize that helping people, helping people in solving problems is what you really should keep as your center point. I had several, whether it's clients or coaching students of mine, that when all of this COVID craziness started to take place, they're like, Paul, what do we do now? What, you know, everything's changing. It's such a crazy time. What do we do? And my answer was the same. It was figure out how you can help people. You might have to change, you know, the avenue or the approach that you have been using to help people. But if you can figure out how you can help people, you'll still be in business. You'll still be in business because people always have problems. They have situations and people make transactions and they pay people that help them solve their problems and help them in areas in in their life. So when you are help centered, that's, I think that's a kind of a different level of just kind of the 
introductory entrepreneur, like let's make money. (laughs) Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at www.calebrakey.com. I I think about over the years, whenever your name comes up, I'll always tell people like, Paul is the guy who will help you in business, be your friend and look after your best interests. And 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 to be able to introduce someone like that, mm-hmm. it, it's a game changer. And one thing I want to hit on, and, and just even hearing that mantra, help people, you use words like character, integrity, principles. Mm-hmm. When you cling to these things, doesn't it make everything else that can be kind of chipped away at by trolls kind of like, Oh, you're just in it for the money or Hey, you know, you don't know what it's like to struggle. And this, like, if you cling to those, doesn't it open up the world in terms of your possibility? Because it truly is about other people and you're being blessed with financial gains and no, you're, you're not, you know, living in a house with, with bars on it anymore. You've, you've changed your lifestyle but the things that matter, helping others, character, integrity, principles, love yeah. God, love others, they haven't changed. Yeah. You, you know, so here's the thing is, um, as you mentioned, I, I pastor a church. I still pastor a church. I'm a marker. I um, preach every Sunday, every Wednesday. And, uh, you know, my occupation, it's kind of like uh, uh, Paul was a, um, a carpenter. Um, a tent maker. Paul was a tent That's maker, right. and um, Jesus was a carpenter. It, so they they had their careers. So I'm Paul, and I'm also a marketer. And uh, this this is what what I've seen is even in ministry and church life, you you help people. I mean, I've done weddings, I've done funerals, baby dedications, and. Um, help people financially when they're down and um, Bible studies and go to people's homes, pray for them. You know, I, I, I do that, but you know, as much as you do that, you're going to have people that dislike you, say mean things about you, make up rumors. And it's just, and I'm kind of one of those people that people say things about me um, that are not true. I don't like it. it makes me feel bad you know, and I, sometimes I take it personal. I'm like, oh man, you know, I try to run and defend myself and everything. And, you know, and it can, I can sometimes take it personal, even if, even if it's not true, I can um, take it personal. Like, man, that really hurts. Why would they say that? Uh, And and you can even question yourself, man, man, I I don't want to do this. People are saying this and it discourages you. But then when you look at the people that you've helped, Versus this small percentage of people that are going to say stupid things and do stupid things against you. And you look at the people that you're helping, that you're making an impact in your life, that makes it worth it. 
you know, that makes it worth it. Um, my wife always tells me, it's like, well, and, and I know this conversation is just between us, but sometimes in church, we have people that say they do crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. <laughs> and uh, my wife will say, just remember the other 99 that you're helping that really love you and appreciate you. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that puts things in perspective. <laughs> that is really good. One of my favorite movies is The Greatest Showman uh, with Hugh Jackman. There's a line in there and he's this you know, entrepreneur, but he's, he's trying to just prove everyone wrong. His mm -hmm. father-in-law who just can't stand him because he came from a lowly upbringing and took his daughter who came from a wealthy upbringing. And, uh -huh. and there's this point where his wife reminds him, says, Ben, like, you don't need everyone to love you. Mm -hmm. Just a yeah. few yeah. Good, good people. And now, Paul, you've been able to now help a, a lot of other people. And one thing that I've personally loved to see is from this journey, I've also seen uh, your two sons, Marcus and Lucas, yeah. Yeah. also also kind of come up behind you, kind of do their own thing, but also see you, right? That, you know, they kind of, um, you know, you follow the leader, right? Even though they're yeah. doing their own, yeah. their own things. How important is passing on this mindset of I'm going to help people yeah. by solving their problems, by, by, by healing their pains, and, and just that ability or skill set, whatever you want to call it, just passing it along because we, we do this in, in church and that way we love others, right? Yeah. And, yeah. But we usually think of that more as like, I'm going to deliver a meal, I'm going to do this. We don't think about... I'm going to start a business that uh -huh. fills this need. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I'm so blessed and thankful. You mentioned my two sons, Lucas and Marcus. Let's not leave out my awesome, amazing daughter, Alexis. Too. Amen. And, and um, recently made me a, um, I don't like saying grandfather, but Papa, Papa. I'm Papa. Two-time Papa. Two-time Papa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two is on the way. Um, but, but yeah, someone recently told us, uh, you know, Hey, you just have amazing children. They're just well-centered. They're grounded and they're, you know, um, hard workers and, and everything like that. And so here's, here's the interesting thing is, uh, I'll give you an example. My, um, son Lucas, um, he just this year graduated from university of central Florida. Um, graduated uh, with a degree in computer science, um, graduated debt-free, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> no, no loans or anything Amen. like that. And I remember when he went out off to um, college, I gave him my credit card, got him a credit card, and I said, hey, you know, you need anything? And I remember um, he was there a couple months, and I was like, I looked, I'm like, he hasn't spent anything on the card. And I called him up, I'm like, son, you eating? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I haven't seen you using the card or anything like that. He's like, oh, I got my own money. I was like, okay, we're, that's that's great. And um, but but they all all three of them, you can't, uh, they don't have this entitlement mentality where it's like, oh yeah, you know, dad's got some money. Let me let me dad buy me this and everything like that. And they don't, um, they understand the value of a dollar, and they they want to help the family. I mean, it's like, if, if we need anything, I, I'll give you uh, an awesome story. So, um, you, you've seen picture of my car, 
Eleanor. <laughs> 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 so I have I have a uh, this was my big splurge when I first started making money doing really good. I'm kind of one of those I had to like I had to twist my own arm to really get something nice for myself. <laughs> so I'm um, so I got a nice car and um, uh, I, I, apparently a young kid was riding his bicycle in our neighborhood. My car was on the side of the road and he must have slipped and crashed into my car. And so I went out to my car one day and I have this dent and a nice little scratch in it. And again, my car is like my little baby. I, I wash her and clean her every Saturday. And, you know, I'm one of those that I just get in my car and drive because it's it's fun. You got a 567 horsepower, zero to 60 in 4.2 seconds. Whoa. I like it. I like it. So, um, so I got this little dent uh, on it and uh, I'm going to get it, get it fixed and everything like that. Got to get that. Uh, but it was right around father's day and for um, father's day, my um, kids, I'd taken my car to the uh, um, dealership to get a, an estimate, how much it was going to get cost to get fixed and everything like that. I'm like, okay, I got to set up an appointment, get it taken care of and everything like that. Anyways, for father's day, my um, kids give me a father's day card and inside of it is a stack of cash for the amount um, needed to get the car repaired. Wow. So here's, here's the thing. Obviously I don't need their, you know, money to get it repaired, but I'll tell you what, it was one of the most meaningful uh, and it was not the cash. It was yeah. the, they knew that that scratch bothered me. You know I mean? <laughs> and so for them to do that again, it, it was not the cash, the amount of the cash, but it was the meaning that they would think enough, man, that bothers dad. Let's get him give them money to repair it. So, uh, so Isn't yeah. Isn't it interesting, the theme that we see in helping others, building business, giving someone a gift, thoughtfulness, mm -hmm. yeah. the idea of I'm, I'm stopping long enough to think about your problems, what's important yeah. to you. And, and then the business owner is saying, well, what can I do to actually step in there? Or your kids say, what can we do to, to like bring dad joy? Yeah. And, and they give from, you know, not, necessarily the abundance but what they have towards mm -hmm. something that bring you joy i mean that is just that's awesome and paul i'll we'll start to to wrap up but um looking over your shoulder now you've been able to do a lot of things i know you've done a lot of um been able to to bless your own church a lot i know you've mm -hmm. done a lot of work in haiti you've done a lot of missions you've been able to expand uh, your impact and reach by uh, whether it's saving some energy by having your team work some more or by yeah. putting more of your financial resources in the thing. Tell me now about some of the effects that you've seen by some of the choices you made a long time ago that you didn't really know what the consequences would be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you know, investing um, obviously involves risk. It involves risk. I th But I think that there are, uh, types of investments that you can make that really don't involve any risk at all. Um, investing in other people, uh, 
you can never go wrong doing that. I mean, you can invest in people and they can, um, they can do you wrong and everything like that. But you, in the act of investing in other people, you didn't lose anything. You know, matter of fact, I, I, there's some type of Chinese proverb or something like that, that um, a teacher learns twice. You know what I mean? Like when I teach, I'm learning too. And I, I've learned so much from my coaching students and stuff, just teaching them. So investing in others, you can never really um, lose. Uh, so that's, that's one of the things that you, you definitely have to understand. So I've, I mean, I, uh, starting out, I was kind of like this little guy at Starbucks on a computer, just doing my thing all by myself and didn't have a whole lot of relationships, connections. And, but uh, I had a couple people that really pushed me and said, Hey man, you need to get out there. There, there was like this kind of stay in my cave behind the curtain because I was afraid of that risk of getting out there. You know what I mean? And in my mind, it was like the risk of if I get out there and, you know, get out from behind the curtain or whatever you want to say, because I was working with some big name people, but I told nobody. It was just kind of like, you know, what do you do? I, you know, I do this little internet marketing thing, but I was working with Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, Bob Park. I was working with some really big name people, but I told nobody because, you know, I was afraid that, well, you know, maybe they will um, look at me differently or maybe they will try to take my clients or maybe, you know, I just had all kinds of different things. Um, but, you know, I had a couple of my clients push me and tell me, hey, you need to get out there. So I started going to conferences. I started teaching. I started speaking, mentoring. And um, it has been so rewarding. And I kind of look back at it. I'm like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I just kind of get out there and connect with people, build relationships and um, things like that sooner? But, uh, you know, I've, I've made some amazing friends. I've worked with some amazing people. And the results of that have, you know, gone beyond just financially, the relationships, the experiences, mm. the um, impact, all of that has been uh, amazing. Isn't that incredible? There's, and you keep hitting on just amazing things here. And I, I think of, in, in a lot of ways, it's known as like the scarcity and, and abundance mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly. Something's what, going to be taken exactly. away from me or, yeah, yeah. wow, look at all this that's going to be gained in these friendships and yeah. these. Paul, for the listener right now, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard you sprinkle in things. Yeah, I was at Starbucks. I wanted to stay behind the court, but there was a couple people in my yeah. life who, who drew that out of me. Like how important is it, one, to not just go it alone, but yeah. – also open yourself up, tell your story, share your wins, share your losses. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to hold it close to your chest because I like you started in that same place. And I, I grew up. Uh, I know where you started. <laughs> you, you I know where you started. <laughs> you know where I started. That's right. <laughs> and you can, uh, one of my mentors said this to me, we were going around a table and uh, he was very insightfully saying, uh, hey, give one word for this person what comes to mind. And we're all right there. So he's, yeah, he's yeah, giving yeah. it right. And um, he gave me three. <laughs> he said, mm-hmm. slow hatching chicken. And what he meant by that was that I was, I was keeping myself closed for too long. Yeah, yeah. And Paul, speak into that for the person listening today, because I think we all go through that because it requires vulnerability. It requires opening yourself up. And that is terrifying for a lot of people. 
Yeah. Uh, so a common question I'm asked is, you know, if you could go back in time in 20 years, uh, what would you do? And like outside of investing in Bitcoin and you know things, like, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's a couple couple practical things that I would um, do. Um, number one, I would uh, I'd get a mentor. Get a mentor. I grew grew up, and the concept of a mentor was foreign to me. Um, the closest thing that I would think as a mentor would be a probation officer. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I didn't. I never really heard of the concept of a mentor. But as I grew older and understood that what a mentor was, someone that you could learn from their experience, learn from their success, learn from their failure. That just kind of like shortens the process from where you are and where you want to go by getting a mentor and learning from them and them coming to holding your hands and showing you, hey, don't do this, do this. This is easier. So it's so important to get a mentor and whether it's investing in one-on-one coaching or you know, uh, it can be done through books, you know what I mean? Get, mm. mentor, get mentored through books, through podcasts like this. Mm. Uh, but you do have to be in an always learning process. So that's number one, get a mentor. Then number two, get out there, get mm. out there, break out of your shell. Um, so I, I've kind of recently been studying, there's some really cool videos of people that you, you drop them off in the middle of podunk Tennessee of, you know, 5,000 people, they have no money or anything like that. Uh, what, what would they do to survive? And one of the very first things that a lot of these people do is they get online and they go to Eventbrite or some of these pages and they find out where these networking events are, you know, these conferences, seminars, and they go there. When you realize that a relationship is more valuable than a dollar, that that's a game changer for you. That relationships are more, you can't put a price tag on a relationship because, uh, you know, having a relationship connections with people, let's say, Hey, you know, things are going rough. Uh, you, you're looking for more business, you're looking for more clients, having a relationship, I can go to Caleb, hey, hey, bro, man, you know, anybody that needs some funnels build ads ran, because I have a relationship with mm. you. Um, so it's so important to build relationships, and, and not just a relationship that you can get something out of it, but you give in the relationship, and it's going to be reciprocated, you don't have to ask for it. it's going to be reciprocated. So get out there, build relationships, network. And um, then thirdly, take risk, take risk. Uh, mm -hmm. There, there's, you know, you look back, and it's you, I've heard people ask yourself, what's worse, um, the regret or the risk, you know what I mean? And I think looking back, you probably say in your life somewhere, man, I wish I would have took that risk. I wish I would have took that risk. I, so I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an amazing story. I don't know if I shared this one with you. I was invited to um, Starbucks. A friend of mine, I was one of these like really new guys uh, doing internet marketing. I don't even think the term internet marketing was a thing back then. 
but I had a friend that said, Hey, yeah, I, I know Paul, he's doing internet marketing. And they um, wanted to introduce me to an executive of a new company launching. And so they invited me to Starbucks and I show, I went to the gym and uh, as soon as I was done at the gym, I showed up at Starbucks, my sweatpants, my um, t-shirt, sat down and these executives are showing up <laughs> to meet me at Starbucks and sat down and got talking with them and they're like, okay, you know, we heard that you do internet marketing and they, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do this. I do Google, I do Facebook and everything. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. This is what we're going to do. And they began to show me what they're doing. Like we're going to make coupons and we're going to sell coupons to businesses and we're going to sell coupons to the consumer. I'm like, you're going to sell coupons to businesses. doesn't make sense. You get coupons for free in the newspaper, you know, <laughs> you can't sell. And this is what's going through my mind. And they're just going back and forth and, and um, they wanted me to be involved um, in this company marketing and, um, you know, they're offering me some type of position and stuff. And I remember I, I went home and I was like, man, that just does not make sense. And I asked, I'm, I'm not interested. And I told them, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm a good fit for this position. Um, well, that was Groupon. That was Groupon. Wow. <laughs> wow. A multi-billion dollar company that I um, had the privilege of sitting down and talking with. I don't even know who it was, but one of the founding people. Of, wow. Of Groupon. And I said, ah, not interested in it. <laughs> do, you, do you know how, uh, what a punch in the stomach it felt like when they went public and I was like, yeah, yeah, I know about Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Paul, that's incredible. And, you know, I, I just love that you, we've gone through all this story and it's ended with relationships. It's ended with saying yes to opportunities. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some opportunities that you're going to say no to, but wow, that is, that's huge. And brother, I always end with this. I always say this, fill in the blank. Risk is blank. Risk is worth it. Risk is worth it. Wow. Yeah. And how about this one? Risk results in? Reward. Obviously, it's, there's a difference between risk and gambling. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference between risk and gambling. Sometimes when you say risk, people like, they're afraid. But risk is calculated. Risk is educated. It's not just roll the dice and oh, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to jump out of this plane. I don't know if I have a parachute or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, this has been absolutely incredible. Wind down with this. Where in the world do people go to learn more about Paul Getter, the internet marketing nerd and your business, the internet marketing nerds? Where's the best place for them to start? Hey. So, so start out and give me a follow on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Paul, just P-A-U-L, Paul. Uh, so we should take a minute just to revel in the fact that Paul's Instagram handle is Paul, people. <laughs> We're talking millions and billions of people on Instagram. His Instagram handle is Paul. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, when you spend enough money with Mark Zuckerberg, he kind of hooks you up. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, give me a follow on Instagram. Also, my uh, main personal website is paulgetter.com. Fantastic, Paul. And you know, I, I want people who are listening now, they say, hey, I want to get to know Paul better. I want to see more of what he does. I mean, would you, I mean, we've mentioned several parts of your story. You're talking websites, internet marketing. If you were to just say, 
this is what I help people with. What would it be just in case there's that listener today thinking, I really got to get to know this guy, but, but what exactly does he, does he do with, you know, when I go to his website, uh, help them grow and build brands that'll make them money while they sleep. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Paul. Absolutely. All. Thank you, brother, so much you're for welcome. inspiring me to start this podcast, for coming on this podcast and hey, making welcome, it awesome, man. Paul. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Riskers podcast. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Caleb. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom-minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best-selling books and build world-class platforms. To learn more, go to www.calebrakey.com.